Welcome to Blue Line, the podcast hosted by Blue Line, Canada's only independent national magazine for law enforcement. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and trends with law enforcement professionals and personalities from across Canada. This episode is brought to you by Patriot One Technologies, whose mission is to deliver innovative threat detection and counterterrorism solutions for safer communities. Patriot One's PatScan multi-sensor covert threat detection platform identifies and reports weapons and threats wherever required, from car park to building approach, from employee and public entryways to inside facilities. Learn more at PatriotOneTech.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blue Line, the podcast. I'm Renee Franker, the editor of Blue Line magazine. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we have in studio with us Jim Bremner. He's the president and founding member of the Canadian Tactical Officers Association, or CTOA. CTOA is a nonprofit organization. It's directed by the needs of Canadian tactical officers and frontline law enforcement. Jim was a member of a tactical team, a bomb squad, and he has over 30 years experience in law enforcement. He is qualified as a sniper, weapons technician, tactical trainer, and use of force and firearms instructor. He has provided instruction and seminars for various police, military, EMS, and security agencies throughout North America, as well as overseas. He also has more than 30 years of extensive martial arts and unarmed combat experience. And in addition to the tactical training, Jim lectures on the subject of post-traumatic stress disorder, and he's co-authored Crack in the Armor, a police officer's guide to surviving post-traumatic stress disorder. It's a self-help guide. Jim also provides tactical police consulting for the film and television industries and was involved with the CBS CTV police action drama series Flashpoint. You might remember it. It ran from 2008 to 2012. We're going to talk more about that in today's episode. Finally, Jim has also helped forge Blue Line's new partnership with CTOA for our Blue Line Expo 2020. That's happening on April 21st. I hope your calendars are marked. Jim was instrumental in finding our speakers, and they all have a tactical focus this year. Uh, we're looking at radicalism, terrorism, as well as gangs and gang prevention. Well, Jim, thank you so much for your time and for joining us here in the office today. We are thrilled to have you. Thank you very much for having me. So you got to tell me, what is new at CTOA these days? Well, Canadian Tactical Officers Association is a, is a conduit for, for training and we try and focus on the most recent relevant realistic training that we have. We have the Blue Line Expo coming up. We're thrilled to be in partnership and we're going to bring you some uh, recent relevant uh, speakers primarily on gangs which is very topical and uh, counterterrorism. Awesome. How did you choose these speakers by the way? Well they're chosen uh, because they're at the forefront uh, basically of these topics. Um, One, uh, Greg Peddle was the uh, original president of ONGIA, which is the Ontario Gang Investigators Association. And Ron Chinzer is uh, currently out there doing great work on a weekly basis with town hall meetings in Toronto and, and really, uh, you know, he's at the top of his field. So I couldn't think of too any, you know, better people in that regard for gangs. And then uh, we have Brent Bergeron, uh, Detective Sergeant from the OPP, and that, uh, counterterrorism and radicalization are his specialty. And he's traveled the world. Uh, studying the subject matter and uh, I think is best to present it. 
Fantastic. No, we're, we're looking forward to it, especially with, uh, like you said, Ron's uh, recent work with Task Force, and it's super current, super relevant. Um, so we're excited to hear more about that. Uh, so the CTOA, you're a founding member. You got to tell me a little bit more about uh, the history and, and why you saw a need for this association. Well, there are many associations, but there are a few that are unique to Canada. Canada is, is a unique uh, country, and uh, I would suggest that sometimes we can travel and bring things back to our training that might not be as recent or relevant uh, as they pertain to Canada. So uh, I've had the opportunity over almost close to 35 years now to work with great Canadian professional law enforcement officers, trainers uh, alike, and uh, I thought why not have a non-for-profit association that promotes these individuals in Canada to pass on the knowledge uh, that is again best suited for Canadian law enforcement. Fantastic. Can you give me um, an example of maybe the most uh, popular type of uh, training session that you offer? Well, I, I would say, I mean, it fluctuates year by year because each year, if you watch the news and are up on current events, uh, threats, real or perceived, change, and that drives uh, course attendance. So uh, probably within the last uh, two years, you would see uh, de-escalation is, is uh, probably top of the charts, if I could put it that way. Everybody's interested in, uh, you know, how do we deal with uh, crisis resolution when it comes to emotionally disturbed people or mentally ill. And, and so that right now, I would say, be one of the most popular uh, subject matters. Interesting, and, and I know you and I were chatting just earlier about the you know the difference between American and Canadian audiences and um, the the social systems we have up here. Uh, so it, it's a kind of fascinating to me how um, C2A really uh, delves into the Canadian perspective and, and offers a, a unique look into de-escalation from that Canadian uh, viewpoint for our for our officers up here. Um, is there any other Canadian specific uh, specialties? Would you say um, that the C2A training um, brings to audiences? Well we have a course that's called Tactical Operations Winter Conditions. Uh, Very cool. Again you can take a course in Florida but uh, if anybody has spent any time in a Canadian winter uh, containing a you know a, a home or it's it's you know it can be grueling. And so having some uh, skill sets there that are going to help you stay warm, dry, and still perform your job, uh, you know, are going to help. Where, again, those simple things, uh, you, you just don't get it where the climate is warm all the time. And nor does your equipment function uh, at the best of times in cold conditions. Uh, just think of your car. Uh, on a warm day, the car is fine. It starts, it drives, the windows go up and down. And we go to a cold day and the window doesn't roll down, the car doesn't start, and that also happens to uh, different weapon systems and equipment that uh, people are carrying up here uh, on tactical teams. Very well said, and, and one thing I think probably a lot of us maybe don't always think about, uh, especially as we're so used to the winter, but it does affect our equipment. And Speaking of cars, I wasn't able to plug my car in when I first moved back to Ontario. I was out in Alberta, and I was thinking, oh, the one time my car dies is the one time I can't plug it in. Well, there's so. just a, an example of a regional difference. There you, there you go. Know. Yeah. 
Exactly, yeah. We're a big country, right? Uh, the C28, tell me a little bit more about how it's evolved since it started. Um, how many members do you have now, for example? I would say it depends, uh, like, uh, you know, membership, C2A memberships, we probably in the area of three to 400. Uh, Instagram, I think we have over a thousand followers now. Uh, Twitter, we have a live feed on the site every day that, uh, again, are topical uh, law enforcement uh, issues. Some, some, depending on the situation, can be uh, almost live feed, so they're being updated uh, as the situation unfolds. So. So we have again about three, three to four hundred, probably nine hundred to a thousand, in Instagram and in other social media platforms. We have uh, people following. We have people joining on on a daily basis as it catches on. So that encourages me to keep doing uh, what we're doing. Yeah, you you've said there's a real need for it. So it's it's great to have something like this where people can go and get the information that they need. Well, you, you said it. Canada's a big country, and you need some connectivity. Uh, you know, and, and through the Twitter feed that is live, we're, we're able to do that. So if uh, I see something emerging on the West Coast, uh, I can start to start that feed immediately. And anybody that's interested, uh, again, in law enforcement can uh, jump onto that and keep updated on what that situation uh, is and, you know, uh, how it's resolving itself. What about uh, challenges? Did you run into any challenges when you were, were establishing the CTOA and, and how did you uh, deal with those? Well there's always going to be challenges. I see problems as opportunities. It's my, my nature. Uh, nice. So we, you know, I put my head down and I collected uh, great people around me that su support the idea and the concept and we just keep moving the ball forward uh, sometimes the ball's going uphill, <laughs> but that said, we keep moving it forward incrementally, day by day, and and we are growing. Uh, you know, there's uh, as I said, more and more interest uh, on a daily basis on, on what we're doing. And I might point out where it says Canadian Tactical Officers Association. If you read our mission statement, it is actually to download those tactical, the mindset, the tactical uh, physicality, the, the weapons handling, uh, the strategies, the tactics, down, download that to the frontline patrol officer because now the frontline patrol officer is first on scene now more than ever at very critical incidents and so our mission where it says tactical uh, it, it's really to download the, those skill sets to the frontline patrol officer. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, so it's it's not just for these SWAT team members. It's for, it's everybody. for everybody. It's for everybody. And what's interesting, uh, if we were to hold an active attacker, active shooter course, usually the people that fill up the class are tactical officers, but in reality, we're the last to arrive on the scene. So the people we need filling those seats are actually frontline patrol officers. And, and um, so again, we're, we're about everybody. We're all inclusive. It's not just a, a, you know, a tactical thing anymore. It's for everybody. I like that, especially with the intersections that we're seeing in law enforcement today. Uh, it's crucial that this is opened up to everybody and that uh, we keep drilling that home. So great, great advice. Um, I'm curious for your opinion on um, today's tactical officers, what what do you think your biggest concern is? Or, or are there any, you know, recent news or case studies that you want to point to that uh, have you a bit concerned for tactical officers of today? 
Well, I, I would say watch the news. We're seeing uh, more gang uh, shootings. Uh, there's no question that there's a propensity to use firearms uh, now that didn't exist in the past. And uh, we, you know, when those teams get the warrants to, to, to execute, uh, they have to be very concerned, probably more so than, than in the past. Uh, you know, in, in my tenure, um, I'm older now, but I would say that there, there is a, a great concern that uh, they're trained well, uh, they understand the mission, they execute their task properly, and that they come home safe. Very well said. Yep, we want everybody to come home safe at the end of the day. Uh, what about your advice to tactical officers, even even the frontline officers we just chatted about, uh, working on the front line today? What would be your top tip, would you say? I'd say take your, your job seriously because it can go from zero to 1,000 miles an hour in the blink of an eye. And, and so your training uh, is what you will resort to at the end of the day. So it needs to be taken seriously. Uh, you need about four hours a week, whether you're physically doing something or at least table topping or thinking about a particular situation uh, because they are perishable skills. So without uh, being that professional and, and practicing, uh, you know, the, the future is unpredictable. Hope is not, a, is not a plan. Hope is not a plan. There we go. What about in the future? You know, do you foresee, what do you foresee happening next in the wider arena of tactical training and resources, technology, equipment, you name it? Um, five, ten years down the road, uh, you know, what does the SWAT team of the future look like uh, to you? Well, when we talk about uh, technology and equipment, uh, it's interesting uh in that I, I, I just came back from the, the SHOT Show, and as you go through, you know, display, dis from display, from retailer to retailer, uh, many of them, the booths, they would have a catchphrase like, shoot better, better you know, use this piece of equipment. Uh, there seems to be a rush uh, to technology uh, to, to compensate for a lack of a basic skill set. So, I would suggest that, that what we need to do is get back to basics and train people on their basic skill sets physically and mentally and then at some point if technology will enhance that capability then we'll add that on but until then I think we have to concentrate. Uh, it's a, going to be a human endeavor for as long as you know we're doing it. It's, it's a human thing. So if we try, if we forget that part of it, I, I really don't know how much technology is going to help us in, in doing what we're trying to do. I love it. Back to basics. Uh, it's, it's something I think that is easy to forget with the whole, you know, sex appeal of this new equipment that comes out. It's uh, high tech and everything. 100%. You, 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 have, you need it because you need it, not because you want it. And sometimes the want drives the need, and I would suggest that that's uh, really not the way to go about it. And you have to ask yourself, again, those three questions, recent, relevant, realistic. It looks good in the commercial, it looks good on the display floor, but in, in my environment where I work, does that really matter to me, to us, you know, to the people that we're, we're policing, does it matter? And if the answer is no, then, then it, it's time, to, again, go back to basics. Ask yourself, 
it's easy to uh, there's a saying that a that a, a bad carpenter blames his equipment his tools and and I take that to heart and I would suggest the same that when we're looking for perhaps a different caliber of firearm or a different baton we should probably go back and re-examine the plan good advice thank you Jim um, speaking of equipment though I have to ask because I was just reading about this new swift shield the other day and it's some sort of foldable shield design it, interesting stuff so I mean there are so many things out there do, do you have a favorite piece of newer equipment uh, that you want to tell us about well there's also a foldable shield made in uh, Quebec that's called cop shield that's been out for a while from cop shield international and uh, it's unique and it's uh, about six pounds uh, mm -hmm. level 3a so that's handgun shotgun three inch magnum slug and uh, it's going to change uh, a number of ways in, uh, in which shields are deployed. Again, this, this shield is designed for the patrol officer. It's not designed for the, uh, the tactical team. It's lightweight. It's very maneuverable. Uh, you can get into confined spaces with it. Um, you can defend yourself inside your patrol car in an ambush situation. And so, the, the, I mean, the shield goes back to ancient times. Uh, it's, it's a good tool, very popular in Europe. It's taken some time for it to catch on in, in uh, North America. Uh, but there is, there is a place for shields, 100%. Awesome. And that was the cop shield, you said. Cop shield is a Canadian version. I, I, I've seen some uh, information on, on the shield you spoke of. The, the swift uh, shield. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, again... You, you have to examine it and ask yourself, can I use it in my environment and what I do in my daily uh, work? I, I have to say that the, this idea that another tool in the toolbox, uh, I, these euphemisms uh, fascinate me. I know when I go to my toolbox, I use three things, a hammer, probably vice grips, and a flathead screwdriver. All those other tools in my toolbox are not relevant. So th this idea that I just keep piling things up just in case, uh, I, I really don't think, you know, that's, again, it's not a plan. That's not really the way to go about things. You need it because you need it. Back to basics, right? Back to basics. <laughs> All right. Uh, turning the uh, gears here a little bit more, you were responsible for training the Flashpoint cast in the handling of special weapons and choreography tactical scenes. So that's very cool. Um, you got to tell me, what was what was that like? Were there any funny moments from those TV days? Well, it, that, that was a unique experience and uh, that came about as a result of my personal PTSD experience. And so when I was, uh, you know, not with the tactical team, I had a, a tactical team on Flashpoint that actually helped me get back to training and, and uh, helping people. And I must say that uh, those people I'm still in touch with them today and are some of the most significant people I've ever had a chance to uh, to meet and uh, uh, work with, they're, they're, they were just wonderful. Very, very cool. A little bit of Hollywood in there. 
uh, a, a little bit, but you know what? You, you, it's it's entertainment, so you can't. You have to understand that it's entertainment. So you make it look as real as possible with the understanding at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Wise words. All right. So let's chat a little bit more again about Expo because we are so excited to have you guys there. Um, Anything else you can tell us that you're really looking forward to about Blue Line Expo this year or uh, why people should stop by the CTOA booth? Well, I, I think you should stop by and see three dynamite speakers that are going to be up there talking about the, the most topical issues that we're dealing with currently. Uh, you're going to see lots of gear and equipment uh, that you can look at. You can uh, talk to uh, the vendors and see if it's right for you. So I, I think it's the place to be in April. Um, you know, our major sponsor for CTOA is Hudson Tactical. Uh, They'd love to have you in the booth and show you what they have. They have something called Fast Mag. It's a weapon or a mag retention system that's quite unique and new. So, uh, yeah, those are all the reasons to be there. Beautiful. Yeah, come on and uh, try it out. All right. Well, Jim, if you caught any of our previous episodes, uh, we end each one with uh, two kind of fun questions. Give listeners a little bit of an inside scoop for uh, your personality. So, that in mind, what is something your CTA um, co- fellow co-founders and colleagues uh, might not know about you? Well, that's difficult because my life's an open book, and my book is called Crack in the Armor, and it truly is. There's really... Uh, nothing there's really nothing that they don't know about me it's all in the book it's all in the book and um, I can tell you that there's uh, there's some power in unburdening your you know secrets or whatever you you know we want to call it because then nobody can hold anything over you if your life is an open book that's that's what it is Mm -hmm. so I really I don't know that there really is anything Perhaps if you'd asked that question before the book, I would have had an answer, but I, I don't have one anymore. Beautiful. That's just another reason for me and, and everybody else listening to check out this book, uh, which is available on Amazon. I'll link you guys up on the website uh, article. All right. Well, then the last question, Jim, is the one thing that you could not live without? My dog. Oh, that's, that's too beautiful. easy. Beautiful. Beautiful answer. What kind of dog do you have? We have a six-month-old American bulldog, and his name's Dexter. And uh, I'm, dogs communicate on a different level, and uh, they're just amazing creatures. My daughter actually handles two uh, explosive detector dogs, wow. and so we're a dog family, and uh, they are amazing creatures. I hear you. I, I had a golden doodle sprawled out on me last night watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. Great, great, great dog, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jim, for coming in, telling us a little bit more about what we can expect from uh, the C2A partnership with Expo. We are so thrilled you'll be joining us this year. And uh, again, it was just an honor that you came in, stopped by, shared some of your stories with us. So thank you. Thank you so much for having us. And we will see you at the event. That's April 21st. Listeners, mark those calendars for Blue Line Expo 2020 because we are aiming to be bigger and better. All the information is at BlueLineExpo, that's all one word, dot com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Blue Line the Podcast. Make sure to check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us under Annex Business Media, podcasts for work. Also, check out our podcast tab on blueline.ca. 
Thank you, everyone, for listening, especially those out on the front lines protecting our communities. Stay safe. This episode is brought to you by Patriot One Technologies, whose mission is to deliver innovative threat detection and counterterrorism solutions for safer communities. Patriot One's PatScan multi-sensor covert threat detection platform identifies and reports weapons and threats wherever required, from car park to building approach, from employee and public entryways to inside facilities. Learn more at PatriotOneTech.com. Thank you for joining Blue Line, the podcast hosted by Blue Line, Canada's only independent national magazine for law enforcement. 